Hi, and welcome to the Mean Green Money Podcast, UNT Student Money Management Center's podcast about all things money, where we explore things like credit, study abroad, talk to entrepreneurs here on campus, and just give you information about how to be financially successful. And today, we're going to talk about credit, how to build credit, what you need to know, all the things that will help you if you're thinking about utilizing credit at some point in your financial life. And today with me is our peer mentor, Saint. Hello, my name is Saint. Nice to meet y'all. And I'm Rachel, and we are going to talk about credit and all the things you need to know. This is something that lots of students have questions about. We do many, many workshops on this. And so we hope that in today's podcast, you'll learn something new or you'll get some tips on how to get started. So let's start it off. Let's just talk about what is credit and what it can do for you. All right. So basically what credit is in its most basic form, it is borrowed money that you have to pay back. So it is receiving something of value now with a promise to pay it back later. And that's what credit allows you to do. So if you don't have any cash or you don't have the funds necessary, having credit or like a credit card as such will allow you to make purchases as though you do have the money. Right, exactly. And then credit can also be a reflection of how well you've done in paying back on a loan or paying, you know, making monthly payments on your credit card. So it's sort of twofold. It's like Saint said, it's allowing you to get money or have purchased something that maybe you don't have the funds for up front. But then it's also a reflection of how well you've done in managing uh, the repayment of that particular loan or Uh, credit that you might be using and something that it actually does for you it allows you to purchase things with less money down than what you would normally have to if you had no credit or a bad credit score so if you had a higher credit score let's say and you were trying to get a home you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to put as much money down as somebody who had a bad credit score if you had a good credit score so some other things that credit affects home loans, auto loans, apartment rental applications, because they do take that into consideration when you do apply for your apartment. And uh, some employers actually look at your credit score as well. So Right, exactly. And so if you think about buying a home now, it's a lot different than <laughs> maybe um, a long time ago. So for example, my talking to my grandmother, they bought their house in cash and that's what you did uh, back in the day. And so now that's not really possible for many people. So having access to credit allows you to make some major purchases as well. But there's something that you brought up uh, when you talked about having low or no credit. And so can you tell us a little bit about how you can access credit when maybe you don't have any credit, so you have no credit history, or maybe you do have some credit, but it's not the best, uh, you haven't had the best financial behaviors. Okay, well, there's actually a few things that you can do to actually get credit and obtain it if you don't actually have it right now. The first thing you can do is you could actually take out a loan with a cosigner. Now, what a cosigner actually is, is someone who agrees to be responsible for the loan if you decide to stop paying your bill for any reason. And most banks will approve a loan for anyone who has no credit but has a trustworthy co-signer. 
And that co-signer, they have to have good credit as well for them to actually be considered as a good guarantor co-signer for you to use. And the only thing is with co-signers, if you don't, if you decide to default or you miss a payment, that will affect the co-signer as well. So make sure your co-signer is someone you trust and they trust you. Um, another way that you can build credit if you don't have any is to start small. Maybe you don't need a lot of money. Maybe you don't need a loan, like Saint said. Uh, but to start small with a, a credit card and just make some purchases on that card, turn around, pay them off, and do that for um, some time. And that will help you start to actually have some credit history as well. And uh, one thing to be careful with that is to think about how you uh, manage your money in your daily life. If you have $20 in your pocket and you spend it and you have no idea where it went, uh, maybe that accessing a credit card to start building credit is not the right fit for you. Um, so realizing, like Saint said earlier, that it's okay to have low uh, credit scores or little credit history, um, but just realize that when you do go to borrow money, that might mean um, that you have a higher interest rate on whatever you're borrowing, or you may have to put down uh, more money in order to be eligible to borrow. So um, know yourself when you're thinking about building credit and the different ways that you might actually want to do that. And um, a few credit cards that students could actually apply for that's applicable to them are secured credit cards. So a secured credit card basically is you put your own money in and that is going to be your line of credit that you use. So I have a Discover card when I first got started with my credit. So I put it, I put down $200 and that $200 was how much credit that I technically had to use and had to play with. So each month I would get a statement after I used my card and I would pay that down and that's how I was actually able to build credit. And now I got this credit card about two years ago. Now my line of credit's increased and it's not a secured card. It's a regular credit card, unsecured mm -hmm. and with a 750 limit. But it started out as a secured card. Mm -hmm. Another card that you can actually use is uh, student cards. So I know Wells Fargo offers really good student cards. I ha actually have one, a cashback student card, and it student cards have chances to offer you rewards, and it's a great way for students in college to actually obtain a credit card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you're trying to figure out, okay, what is the best credit card for me, there's two websites that we recommend that you visit. The first one is bankrate.com, you can go to bankrate.com, click on credit cards, and then it will give you all of the credit cards that are out there right now, what their interest rates are. You can click, you can filter out by student, you can filter by rewards, you can filter by no fees, lots of different ways to filter out and find the card that's the best fit for you. Another very similar website besides bankrate.com is also something called Nerd Wallet. So a nerd wallet. And that one has the exact same feature, and you can do some comparison. You can look at interest rates there, and you can also filter out to see uh, what type of card is the best fit for you. So some good tools um, to think about if you don't have a credit card and you're trying to figure out what's the best fit for me. You can also become an authorized user on someone else who has an existing credit card. So an authorized user 
you get your own card and you get credit for whenever the main user actually pays their credit off and they pay their line of credit. So you'd be getting points and you'd be getting credit for them making their payments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a great way, and it's just like with the cosigner though. (laughs) If you're an authorized user on a card, you wanna talk to that person and say, hey, how do you make your payments? Have you ever fallen behind? Have you missed a payment? Um, Because that could also impact you negatively. But that's a great way to build credit as well um, without having your own credit card. Um, Or you can get your own credit card as an authorized user as well. So it just depends on how you negotiate that um, with whoever you share the card with. So we talked a a lot about, you know, getting started and credit card um, and where can you do those types of things or how to build credit. But you also might be interested in, okay, but what does my credit look like right now? Like what's going on? What are people seeing uh, whenever they look look at my credit? So the big thing that a lot of people talk about is your credit score. And so, Saint, give us an idea about how you would go about checking your credit score. Okay, this might sound like an ad, but I promise you it's not. What (laughs) I use, I like to use creditkarma.com because creditkarma.com, it's free. You just put in your email and it pulls up your information without you having to pay. It's literally free. It's a great measure to check your credit score and it's pretty accurate and it's a great tool to use. Mm -hmm. There's so many features that you can use and it has all three of the credit union, so Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, so you can see all your scores, and it's just, it's very convenient, actually. Yeah, and Credit Karma, I believe, will also kind of give suggestions on what you can do to improve your score as well, so it'll help you look at the components of your score and tell you, hey, if you do this, um, that would bring your score up. So it's a great tool, like Saint said, that you can access all the time. Um, just so you know, we're not pimping out one uh, company over another. Another great tool that is very similar to Credit Karma that does basically has the same functions is called Credit Sesame, like a sesame seed. Um, and it kind of shows you the thing, same information, gives you your credit score. It just doesn't have as much information from all three of the credit bureaus, like Saint said earlier. So it's a little bit um, less, it's a little bit more limited in that way. But still um, a great uh, tool to um, tap into to really look at your credit score. Also, you can pull up your credit report from each of the three credit bureaus. You get one free a year, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you get one free a year and it's a full credit report. It's very inclusive it has everything from yeah it really has everything and you can go to either uh experian transunion or equifax and you can get it printed out one free a year so if you wanted to so if you wanted to have three credit reports do it every four months yeah, and so if you want to access those three reports that Saint was talking about, you can go to annualcreditreport.com. I know we're throwing a lot of websites out at you today. So annualcreditreport.com, and there you'll find the three reports from the three bureaus. And you could pick one or you could select all three, uh, but definitely pick one, pull your report, uh, see what's going on. Because the credit report is where all of the information is held. Like St. said, it's very comprehensive. But all of that information that's in the report is what is actually used to calculate your credit score. 
Um, so if you're figure, if you look at your credit score and you're like, I don't really understand why it's so low, or I don't understand why I've gotten this score, you can look back into your report, and that will really give you the detailed information about what is happening uh, for you financially in your credit uh, life as well. Um, so some great things to keep in mind. So look at the score, uh, but also look at the credit report because it's very informative. Um, and that is really useful to know if you um, ever feel like there's fraud, something fraudulent is happening, or maybe there's an account open in your name that you did not open. You'll usually be able to tell that, or you should be able to, you will be able to tell that uh, from the credit report itself. So always uh, look at your credit report if you feel like um, there's been some misuse of your information and it's been used to open things financially in your name as well. Okay. So you've checked it. Okay, it's not where you want it to be. And we can kind of talk about what those numbers are. Um, but how would you raise your credit score? Okay, well, there's actually multiple different ways that you can raise your credit score. And there's many different strategies that mm -hmm. you can go about <laughs> to actually build it. But I'm just going to focus on like one or two so average or good credit scores can be built up in about a year or two. And how you go about doing that, it's being on time with your payments and keeping your credit utilization ratio low. Now, what your credit utilization ratio is, is how much credit you have available versus how much you actually spent. So if you have $1,000 that you can use, but you've spent 800 of it, you've used 800 of it and your credit ratio is about 80%. So 80% is it's bad. I'm going to just be real with you. It's pretty bad. Um, credit reports and the credit unions want you to keep it down to um, actually 35%. 35% is a good number to keep your credit utilization down to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and something else that you can do besides paying on time is making sure you never miss a payment. Yeah. Um, and I guess that has to do with paying on time in truth. But anyways, <laughs> don't miss any payments because that will lower your credit score. And that missed payment, even if you pay the next day, um, stays on your credit report for seven years. And that is what is considered uh, a negative indicator. So St. talked about paying on time every time. And that's really the best thing you can do. And then also your credit utilization. Those two pieces are the biggest part of your credit score. But... Keep in mind that if you don't have any credit history, you've never utilized credit, it takes time um, to build up a score. And that's what they're looking at as well is how long have you had credit and then also what have your behaviors been. So if you're thinking about making a credit-based purchase in one to two years, you might want to start thinking about, okay, let me check my score, let me check my report, see what's going on, and if you find um, that your score is very low or you actually can't even access a score or a report, that means that they don't have very much information on you, and that means you don't have a, really have a credit history, uh, which can be just as detrimental as having a really low score. Um, so always um, think about what are my long-term financial plans and what can I do to start thinking about how credit might impact my ability to achieve those plans as well. And the last thing I'll say about you know boosting your credit score is that when you're thinking about borrowing or you're gonna go out and apply for a loan and you wanna get the best interest rate possible, a good rule, rule of thumb is to be um, at a credit score of 650 or above. 
So there's lots of credit scoring modelings out there, models out there, but most of them are going to fall within kind of this 200 to 800 850 range. So if you're thinking about what is a good score and you're looking at that 200 uh, to 850 range, think about being on the high end of that, a 650 and above will really allow you to access um, some of those lower interest rates. And 550 and below is very detrimental to you and most people won't actually lend to you if you mm -hmm. have below a 550. Yeah, so when we're talking about scores and you're like, well, what is a good credit score? Now you kind of know what you should be shooting for and what you want to aim to build to. So, you know, that leads us into our next question of thinking about building credit, utilizing perhaps credit cards to do that. How many credit cards, Saint, <laughs> would you suggest um, that a student have or take out? It really depends up to the student, but I do know the more credit that you have, the yeah, the more credit you have, the more chance you have to have a better credit score. Because somebody with $3,000 available in credit and only has $500 spent has a lower utilization ratio than someone with only $1,000 available and $500 spent. So the more credit you have available, it gives you more of a cushion to keep your score lower. So... I say more is better, but <laughs> if you can't handle it and you're going to just be spending money and just blowing all your money and blowing all your available credit, then less is more. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's really up to you and your spending habits and your money personality. Yeah, and that's kind of what we goes back to what we said earlier about having the $20 in your pocket. It's like, okay, um, do you know how to have the right behaviors? And so... Um, my rule of thumb, just for organizational sake and remembering to make payments and things like that, is to have no more than two. Um, but, you know, if you want to kind of build yourself that cushion to give you a better debt-to-credit ratio, you certainly could do that. But I would say two is probably all that you really need because you don't want to be using a credit card to fund your lifestyle. No. Uh, the interest rates are just way no. too high. It doesn't make any sense to do that. Um, you'd be better off spending your time trying to increase your income. Um, and so I would say two um, is a good rule of thumb, just for management sake, too, and to remember um, where your accounts are and things like that. Um, so we've talked about credit cards and we've talked a lot about, um, you know, how to build it, but is there a way to build your credit without actually borrowing anything? Like, is there a way to build your credit without getting a credit card, without taking out a car loan, something like that? Actually, there is, and you can do it by paying your rent. So there's a few apartment complexes and a few, um, property management agencies that will actually report your rent payments to one of the three credit bureaus. And all you have to do when you pay your rent is opt in for that option. I'm sorry. It will say at the bottom, I want you to notify TransUnion, Experian, or Equifax of my credit purchases. And um, a few things that you can actually use, like Rental Karma, Rent Reporters, and Rent Track, they actually all report to the credit bureau bureaus, and you can use them as tools to actually build credit that way. 
if you're if you don't want to take out credit cards or you don't want to apply for a loan, can use your rent that you already paying. Yeah, that's a great example, and that makes me think of. Uh, what are some things that don't like, so sometimes people have this misconception of what counts, uh, towards their credit history, like what types of payments. So what are some payments that definitely don't help you build credit? And if you can't think of any, I have an idea. <laughs> I have some ideas. Your light bill. Yeah. Subscriptions. Yeah. Any utilities. Um, if you're on a payment plan with your cell phone, um, that typically really doesn't count. Um, and so some of those types of things, people think, oh, I'm, I, I pay for my cell phone. Well, that only really counts when you stop paying and you miss payments and it goes into collections. So those types of sort of daily, uh, I mean, monthly payments don't really build, uh, your credit history unless like Saint said, you get into a program that allows that information to be sent to the credit bureaus. Financing also is not a way to build your credit. If you finance jewelry, it does not count towards mm -hmm. your credit score, mm -hmm. sadly. Yeah. Um, so just be careful, but there are ways to build your credit without borrowing. And tell us those websites again. Uh, Rental Karma, Rent Reporters, and Rent Track. And if you don't see that um, when you go in to sign your lease, um, ask. Just ask the leasing office if they have something like an option of, like that for you as well. So we're talked a lot about how to build credit, what you can do, ways to do that. Um, but what happens to your credit or what can you do um, if your identity gets stolen? And what steps should you take to protect your credit in that case? Okay. I'm going to answer those questions in reverse. That's fine. Okay. So... <laughs> Before your identity gets stolen, some steps that you can actually take to prevent your identity from getting stolen is going entirely paperless because paper has all your accounts written down and it's all written down and people throw stuff out and people will rummage through your garbage and they can find your stuff just like that. So if you can't go paperless, Shred all of your important documents that have your name, your social security, any bank accounts, things like that. Just get rid of paper or evidence that just has all your stuff on it. That's very detrimental. People will go in through your trash and they can take it like that multiple ways. Also, what you can do is never give out your information over the phone. And bill collectors, fishers, and like a lot of other people will call and they will try to get your information over the phone. It's probably best to not give it out over the phone unless it's a <laughs> unless it's a ver unless it's a verified, reputable source that you can authenticate. Mm -hmm. Don't give out your information over the phone. Yeah, they're no, the IRS is not calling you to give you money or anything like that. <laughs> so please don't give your information out um, over the phone for I sure. Actually, I had the other day, someone called me. They're like, hello, so, yeah, I'm calling from the IRS, and we just want to let you know that you have a grant available. I'm like, I have a grant available for how much? For $10,000. I said, $10,000? What do I have to do? They said, <laughs> all you have to do is take this number down that I'm about to give you, call this other number, and then we will give you $10,000. And I was like... I needed $10,000 at the moment. I'm like, you know, I said, whoa, this sounds too good to be true. I wish this was real. But I knew it wasn't because the government is not about to give you free money unless you personally go out and seek it. They're not just going to call you and give you anything. I'm, I'm sorry. 
Right, right. So, what if your identity does get stolen? Uh, what steps could you? What steps should you take? Report the crime. Tell the credit unions. Mm-hmm. Let people know, like, hey, my identity's been stolen. These purchases were not mine. I did not request this credit card. I did not take this loan out. And like Rachel said earlier in the episode, make sure you're checking your financial statements and you can catch things like Mm -hmm. that before, like not before they happen, but you can catch things so you can notify them and let them know. Yeah, for sure. If you have a credit card, it's real easy to go in, okay, and make a payment. But look through the transactions and make sure those are actually your transactions because what is more common than really identity theft is just being able to access your credit card uh, and make purchases. Um, And if you're not paying attention, you may end up paying for somebody's trip to Walmart or gas or whatever. And when you notice something like that, you do have a right as a consumer to call your credit card company um, and ask that those charges be dismissed or investigated because they're fraudulent charges. And then they will walk you through what you need to do. Sometimes they'll have you uh, get a new card completely. And so those are really important things to just pay attention to because more often than not, um, more than your identity getting stolen is going to be just fraudulent um, charges on a credit card that you did not make. So make sure you call your card uh, holder uh, company. That's the first place to start. And it's a pretty easy process um, to get those charges reversed. So apart from, you know, protecting your credit, I think we kind of talked about this, but how would you repair your credit if it is bad? So you've made a few mistakes, you missed a payment, maybe you had a medical uh, collections account you didn't know about. How can you start to work to repair your credit? Hmm. Start by paying off your debts. If you're, like I said in the beginning, if your credit utilization is really high, just work down, work on paying down those debts that you have. That's the best sure way that you're actually going to increase your credit score by lowering the amount you owe. I mean, by lowering the amount you actually owe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so getting your credit, your debt to credit utilization down to that 35, 30% um, that Saint talked about earlier. Um, Another thing that you can do is really just take time and start to make positive um, financial decisions. So if you do have a low score, keep in mind um, that it does take time to improve it. But during that time, are you paying everything on time? Are you doing um, the best that you can? Um, The credit report, once you pull it, if you want to make any statements, you can make written statements within the report. How much a creditor looks at those and takes those into consideration when evaluating you um, as someone to lend to, I'm not really clear on how much that weighs in their decision, um, but it doesn't hurt to um, make statements. But the biggest thing is to, uh, once your score is low, think about strategically how can I get my debt to credit utilization at that 35, 30%. That's probably the biggest thing for most people. And then at that point moving forward, um, how can I start to uh, pay everything on time and have positive behaviors? I think that's all we have kind of credit related for you today that's 
There's lots of intricacies. There's lots of different ways to think about how to repair your score. Um, all kinds of things that we could go into. Um, really detailed things about the date in which you should make your credit card payment and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but we're not going to do that for the sake of this podcast because we threw a lot of information at you. Uh, but we love to talk to students about credit, building credit or repairing credit here at the Student Money Management Center. So after listening to today's podcast, you have a lot of questions or you have any doubts or you go on to bankrate.com and you're totally confused about which card is the right card for you, um, come see us at the Money Management Center. We're happy to help you in our coaching services. Um, and we can also work with you over the phone as well if you don't happen to be in Denton. Um, so as we leave you today, uh, Saint, tell me what is your goal right now uh, in your financial life as it relates to credit? Okay, my goal is to pay off all my credit card debt and to have, um, and owe nothing. I don't want to owe anything with credit. I want to have all my available credit without me having to owe anything. And I'm working towards that. I'm making $50 payments each check to achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. That's an excellent goal. And I think for me, my goal is to be really aggressive towards uh, my house payment and hopefully knock that out. You know, if I was a little bit more diligent, I could probably do it in three or four years, but hopefully um, in six years time for sure, um, just so I have less that I owe and I can spend that money elsewhere. Um, so if you guys have financial questions, come see us. It doesn't have to be related to, que to credit, uh, but we certainly love talking about that. And let us know how we can help you. And we hope you, after today's uh, listening to today's podcast, have a healthy credit score or um, have some ideas about how to start achieving that. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.